Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of Get Me Started. Welcome back to another guest episode. But before we get into recording today, I'd first like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, who are the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Indigenous persons listening to this podcast today. I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and that this land was, is and always will be traditional Aboriginal land. I'd encourage all of my listeners to also do some research and find out about whose land they live, work and socialise on on a daily basis. Welcome back, everyone. We are past the halfway point of season one, and I am incredibly excited to be joined by the lovely Katie Flynn today to talk about her topic, the journey to finding your passion. Now, Katie is an incredibly talented jewelry maker. She has her own brand called Katie Flynn Design. Um, She's an all-round creative. She does wonderful things with poi. She's a great friend of mine as well. And she's just a generally quite a delightful human to be around. She brings a lot of positive energy into all her spaces and is incredibly passionate about the work that she does. So welcome, Katie. How are you going? Oh, hello. Um, Wow, that was such a beautiful welcome. Um, I'm going well. I'm pretty nervous, to be honest, but pretty keen to get into it. Um, I'd just like to start as well by acknowledging that um, I'm recording this podcast on Rwandri land as well. Uh, I think that's important to make a note of. So I'm so keen to have you here, second guest on the podcast. Um, And when you came to me with your topic, it was such an like automatic yes for the idea that you wanted to bring to everyone. I think it ties in really well with the other things that we've been talking about in previous episodes of this season. Um, so hopefully it's sort of building on a lot of the themes that we've already sort of addressed in some ways throughout past episodes. Um, Katie and I both wanted to just acknowledge as well that when we discuss the topic today, which is a lot about, you know, yeah, finding a passion, careers, motivation and all of that, We do acknowledge that the things we talk about come from our own personal experiences and there is a level of privilege in what we get to choose to do in our day-to-day lives. So we hope that everyone listening can take uh, the lessons and anecdotes that we're trying to discuss today um, in whatever way they need them in, in their own lives and not feel that we're trying to place an expectation around where anyone should be at in any stage of life because that's kind of what it's all about. It's about having your own personal journey. Uh, Now, Katie, I'd just be really interested for you to sort of intro yourself a little bit more, talk about what you do for work and what about this topic really gets you started. Okay, Um, well, I guess I'll start by giving like this long, short. um, So I'm originally from New Zealand. Um, I was brought up in a very, very small country town um, and I decided to move to Australia when I was 19, um, started working in bars and whatnot, but always knew that I was going to do something sort of creative or with my hands and got into photography a lot and thought that, that was going to be my thing. I was going to be a photographer. Um, and eventually I decided to go on a trip to India when I was 21. So I'd been saving up lots of money, working in the bar and yeah I decided to I needed a change and that I needed to shake things up a bit so I wanted to go to India because I was like well what other place is going to shake me up and give me a bit of culture shock so um, yeah off I went 
and um, had the most amazing trip. And the first week that I was there, um, this girl that I met was like, oh, I'm going to go do this jewelry making class. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, sounds cool. Like I was pretty reluctant to go, to be honest, which is pretty funny um, thinking back now. Um, and yeah, I walked in and just like instantly fell in love with the craft. And I was like, wow, this is so awesome. Um, and yeah, I just stayed there for like two weeks in that little town, um, learning how to make jewelry and things. And by that point, I hadn't decided that I wanted to continue doing it. It was just something that I really enjoyed doing in the moment. And yeah, so off I went, continued on my trip for another couple of months and would keep meeting people and they'd compliment my jewellery that I had. And I'd be like, oh, I made it and like learnt here and all this kind of stuff. And I just kept getting lots of like yes answers from people like, wow, that's so amazing. Like you're actually really good. Like you should, like, can you make me something? And had lots of people saying stuff like that. And by the end, I think it was like three months after that, I was like, oh. I can't stop thinking about this jewellery thing. Like, I think I need to cut my trip short and go back to the lady and learn, like, as much as I can from her and buy the starter kit and just go back to Australia and, like, see where this goes. Um, so that's kind of it. Um, I think something else important to note in there is I was, like, sitting on a beach when I decided, but I was like, I'm going to just give myself 12 months to just explore this thing without putting any pressure on myself of like trying to make it into a thing. And if I still really like it after 12 months, then maybe I can try and like see where it goes. But yeah, I feel like that was a really important promise that I made to myself not to like put pressure on it and try and make it into a thing like straight away and just focus on, yeah, exploring it without any pressures on. Um, and then, yeah, I took all of my stuff back, set up my desk back at home in Australia, in Brisbane at the time. And off I went. It wasn't anywhere near what it is today, um, of course, and I wasn't working nearly as much. But um, yeah, that's kind of the start of everything. I think that the story as well in the fact that you were already on an adventure in a sense, you know, you were definitely not looking for this in that moment. And I think that's kind of what obviously drew you into now being so passionate about talking about why it's so important to let yourself come to that experience and find your way yeah. in whatever way suits you. Um, so yeah, I'd just love to hear more about your sort of take on the topic. Cause I know we've had some really interesting chats about this, but what is it that you are sort of, yeah, really passionate about and what's inspired you to talk to all your mates about it when you do? Um, well, yeah, I guess because obviously from my journey, I stumbled upon something that I just could have never imagined possible for me. Um, and it's interesting because it's, it's, I'd always like loved jewelry. Like I remember as a kid um, at markets and things, I would always be drawn to like the jewelry stalls and um, yeah, that was just something I always loved, but it was never in a sphere for me that was like, oh, that's something possible that I could do. Like I just came from such a lack mindset and yeah, just never really believed that that was something that I could do because it was just, yeah, not something that I was ever told that I could do. Um, and then actually one year my mum got us, me and my sister, a like a jewellery making kit for Christmas, but it was like beading bracelets and things. And even then I was like super into it and it just never crossed my mind because obviously I was like 12 or something when I um, got that kit. So I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to do this forever. But um yeah, so it's not like I could have ever imagined that jewellery making was like the thing that I wanted to do. So the only way I could have ever really 
found that out was just by going exploring and following my gut. Like the way I found it was through following my interest of like wanting to go and travel and like um, experience another country and culture and just like saying yes to opportunities that came my way that kind of interest me. And it's not like, again, like I said, when the girl, um, Bethany is her name, when she invited me along to this class, like even then it wasn't an instant yes. It was like, oh yeah, that could be fun. Like that could be interesting. And then I went and then I experienced it. And that's when that happened for me. And I see it so often in the people around me, my friends and even my partner and people just being like, oh, like, I just don't know what to do. And everyone around me has got these like cool passions and like they start to put like that pressure on themselves of like, I need to find my thing because everybody else is doing it. But that's so the wrong way to go because that just puts pressure on yourself and you're then going to be like forcing it and always thinking about like the things that you aren't instead of just exploring, following that thing like, oh, I really like rock climbing. So off you go and go rock climbing and then maybe you find out that it's like a really big passion of yours or maybe it just doesn't lead anywhere and you just enjoy going rock climbing once a week and that's totally fine as well. And yeah, I guess it just... I think it really, not frustrates me, but it really gets me started because mindsets like that is kind of what stopped me from like experiencing things like that when I was younger or even like coming into my 20s and things like obviously I'd kind of found photography and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I found my thing, like this is it. And like I was so strong in that because everyone stresses out all the time about finding your thing that the moment I had like one little grasp of like, oh, this is a thing that I could do. It was like, I tried to like make it a thing and then I tried to do it for money and it just, I didn't enjoy it doing it for money. And I'm so grateful that that was an interest of mine at the time because I use that like every day in my business, like photography and like product shots for my website and things like that. So yeah, I think that's why I just get so riled up about it and get so started on it is because it's, it doesn't need to be that hard, I think. I think what you've touched on there about like you said that you were sitting on that beach and you gave yourself those 12 months without the pressure on yourself to just like feel it out and see what this was really about for you. And then again, that idea that with the photography, you were looking at it as a way to make money and then that kind of like took away from the actual point of the activity in and of itself. And yeah. there's often, I guess, this connection between the idea that what you do for work should inherently be your passion and you should be monetizing the things that you're passionate about um, to gain benefit in life. But that's actually not really true because sometimes the things you're passionate about need to be separate from your work and it's not always healthy to um, sort of merge your work and passion, which yeah. I think you probably have a lot of experience in because you are passionate about jewelry, but it has now also become your job. Um, and I guess, yeah, what are your thoughts on that sort of like correlation that we ingrain that work and passion should be intertwined? Yeah, I think it's because it comes from that age old saying of like, oh, find a thing that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I hate that saying so much. Like it's kind of true, but also like, no, because you'll work every single day in your life, but it will be fun. But um, yeah, so I think because we've, we're like literally told that all the time, which we can go into this at another point as well, being told things. But 
yeah, we just get told that so often. And so people go, oh, okay, this is a thing that I like. So if I turn this into money, that means I'll never have to work again in my life kind of thing. And that's like, I think that's where that mindset can really stem from. And because, you know, we do see people like, I'll just use myself as an example, because I know that there are people who think this, like they see me and they're like, wow, like she does this amazing thing, like this jewelry thing. And she gets to like live her dream pretty much. And so people kind of see that and they're like, oh, I want that. So the second that something creative, like, sorry, I keep saying the word creative. I don't want to limit it to just that. But whenever something comes into their life that they're passionate about, they're like, oh, okay. So yeah, this could be a money thing. And it just, yeah, it doesn't always need to be that. Like, it's fine to have that thought, but for it to be that, to be the goal of it, it's just not it. And it just will never work if that is your goal of that, because it needs to be a passion first and not a job straight away. Like if I had tried to do jewellery for money straight away, which like not to say that I wasn't selling things, but that was not my intention. It was just to explore this thing that I like doing. And that's what I said as well when I bought the kit. I was like, okay, this is kind of a big investment. Like at the time it was like $200 for the kit, which is so not a big investment at all. And for some of the silver and stuff, and I was like, okay, it's a lot of money, but like, you know, if potentially this turns out to be something that like I really, really love doing in my life, then it's worth it. Like, and even if it turns out in like a year or two years time that this isn't a thing that I want to do, it's still worth it because this could just be something that I love doing for the rest of my life. And that was kind of my drive behind giving it a go was kind of like not wanting to let that opportunity fly by where it kind of did stem from that where it was like, oh, you know, like possibly this could be a thing one day down the track that I end up doing. So like that possibility definitely drew me in, but it wasn't the thing that pushed me to do it, if that makes sense. I think there's like almost a, I'm not sure, but there's, you know, something against in some ways in just investing in yourself. You know, you could have spent that money on that jewelry kit and literally just made yourself jewelry. And that is a perfectly reasonable way to spend your own money. And I think it ties into this bigger idea that, you know, your work and your passion should be the same thing because it's, you know, it's centered around this capitalist structure where if you're not being productive and making money with the majority of your time, you're doing something wrong or you're limiting your potential in some way when really there's so much like benefit to be gained from investing in yourself and pursuing uh, activities outside of your work that sort of enrich your life in a greater way. And I think that idea that it's not going to work if you go into it with the headspace of making money off it is very true because you've obviously can attest to the fact that, um, your earnings when you even did start selling jewelry were very low and you have to build up that um, customer base. You've got to build up that brand. And if you're reliant on the money as the only motivation to get through, it's never going to really see it to its full fruition. You also touched on in there as well around like mindset and being sort of nervous and apprehensive about taking on, you know, different things and people not feeling like they can just lean in to the activities that they truly want to be doing. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so this is um, something else that I love talking about is it like sometimes we just think too much about that thing and like, oh, you know, like 
we just allow ourselves to have that internal debate about whether or not to do something when it really can just be as simple as making a start and doing one thing towards that thing. And it doesn't have to be dropping $200 on something. It could be something as simple as looking up videos on YouTube or going on Google and having a look around, browsing on Reddit, you know, delving into the topics of the thing that you want to do. I'm just going to use jewellery making as an example because it's obviously something in my life. But, you know, there's so much free stuff on YouTube that you could go and find out before even having to invest money into it to figure out if it's even remotely something that you want to do. And sometimes just booking that class, you know, maybe you're thinking about getting into ceramics, but obviously that's a whole other thing. That's like a lot of stuff that you need, but a really small way to start is by grabbing a friend and going, Hey, let's just go and go to this ceramics class. Like I just want to try out pottery or something. It's just those little steps that if we just start small and slowly build on that, then before you know it, you're like into it. And someone else is thinking, Oh my God, like look at that cool thing that she's doing. And she's already like into it when for you, you've just gone to this class here, you started looking up things here and there and it just slowly builds and then before you know it, you're kind of like doing this thing. Yeah, I think that's so true and it also goes to the point of why comparison doesn't work in these kinds of scenarios either because you watch someone you're like, wow, they're so far into the game, like I'm never going to be able to be like that whereas that other person really honestly did just take one step and built on those steps every single day and I know for myself even starting this podcast, I spent a lot of time agonizing over different elements of it, being really self-critical about my ideas and a friend pulled me up and was like, you're looking at their season five and you're thinking that that your first episode needs to match up to that quality and that authenticity and that confidence. What are you doing? Like you're never going to get to that season five if you don't have a season one. And that was honestly like a really big catalyst moment for me to like push myself into actually going and doing this just solely because I knew that I would enjoy it. And it was something that I wanted to spend time on. Um, And yeah, that sort of comparison piece is, it's so toxic because it can be positive in the sense of it. Sometimes it's good to compare. It's good to look at what other people are doing and see where they're at and learn from them. But it also has such limitations on our own like personal growth and personal journey. Yeah. Do you find that in like the jury making community, there is that sort of uh, comparison track as well? Like, did you feel when you were starting out that there was a pressure to you know, uh, succeed at a certain rate or like achieve certain milestones with your business? And how did you sort of work around those if you experienced them? Um, yeah, definitely. I experienced a lot of that. And um, I want to touch on a couple of things there as well with the comparison. Um, like, how do I put this into words? So everybody is on a completely different journey and a different stage of growth. So you might be at stage one and you might look at me or someone else or someone else and look at where they are. Now, what you might know, let's just talk about me because it's easy because it's relatable. Like, you know, I have the information. So you might look at me and go, oh, wow, like her business is like fully set up, like ready to go. Everything's perfect. And she's like living the dream. 
that's what someone at like level one might think. But like really where I'm at, I'm like just about to go through like a really big rebrand. I've come through like really big growth and I have a lot of work internally to do. So like I'm still on like a huge journey at the moment. And um, like, although I am at a point now where I'm like, okay, cool. I can now support myself off what I do, but it's just like the journey never stops. So I think we can get stuck in comparison. And I used to do that a lot as well. Um, but yeah, it, it does have its positives and its negatives because it can be a good driver to, you know, make a start or like, oh, wow, that person's like doing that. Okay. Maybe I can do that too. And it can be, it can be good for motivation, but it can also hinder you because yeah, like you said, you can't compare your season one to someone else's season four because it's all just a journey. And even you might think, oh my God, I'm I'm just at the start. Like, I really wish I was where that person was. Like, there's going to be someone behind you who hasn't even started yet, who's looking at you and going, oh my God, like she's on this amazing journey. And like, wow, look, she's like set up an Instagram page and her, like she's selling jewelry. And that's like so epic. Like there's always going to be someone up like above you kind of thing, like a step ahead of you. And that's so fine because you know what, internally where they are, there's, they're on a growth still. Like there's no level of like, okay, I made it to X and now I'm done and I'm just forever successful and the journey has stopped. Like that's just not how it is. Um, so I did want to just touch on that. And I actually can't remember what the end of your other question was. So you might just need to ask me again. I was just asking, did you find like within the jury making community, like that you really felt that pressure to, you know, yeah, attain that next level as you're going along um, and like the ways that you, when you were starting out, sort of managed that? Um, yeah. So I feel like to get to that first thousand followers, it was really like, I d didn't really feel like I had quotation marks made it until I like hit that point. Now it's not because that's how like I felt inside, but that's just because of how I felt when I saw other brands that I would be like, oh, well, like I wouldn't have as much trust in them unless they had like over a thousand followers. And that's just the way that I looked at other people. So it was more of like an internal pressure for me. And then after I hit 2000 followers, which I know I hate talking about followers, but I feel like it was a lot easier to grow from there and that other people sort of respected me more as a jeweler, I guess, and as a professional, the more followers that I had, because it was kind of like the more followers you have, the more people trust you and trust in what you do. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a weird space to be in because it was really a strange transform uh, transformation going from someone that was kind of like seeking information off people and sort of learning and growing and kind of looking up to people. And then I got to a point where I was kind of like on the same level as other people. And that, yeah, that was kind of like a weird point getting to there. But, um, from the start, I feel like from, cause I actually ended up turning my like personal Instagram into my jewelry Instagram and I had like six or 700 followers. So I kind of like did the sneaky and I was like, ha ha ha, already have a base to start from, which was nice. Um, but yeah, I feel like from there to a thousand, like it was also like not nearly as much pressure and like, I didn't really care as much. Like, of course I wanted to grow it, but there wasn't like, it was just my friends and my family and people that knew me that kind of were following me. So 
Um, it was still kind of just all fun at that point and I didn't really put any pressure on myself. And then, yeah, the, the more I kind of grew, it was like, okay, I'm kind of building a thing here and I want people to trust me more as a brand. And yeah, that was interesting growing through that. Yeah, I guess the next next thing that I wanted to ask you about was whether or not you felt uh, that your life was influenced by the way you decided to relax your headspace around finding your passion or if finding your passion helped to improve the rest of your life? Um, Yeah, I would say for me personally that finding this passion really honestly gave me like such a bigger sense of self. Like it was kind of like like the last piece of my identity like clicked into place, which I know is kind of like a weird thing to say because it's like just something that I do. But yeah, it for me, it definitely felt, felt like it made me stronger and more sure of who I am as a person because it was kind of like, like once I kind of decided and found this thing, I was like, oh, everything makes sense. Like literally everything about my entire life just like makes sense now. Like when I was a kid, right, I used to, pull everything apart like anything electronic I would go and get the screwdrivers like I would literally pull it apart and put it all back again to the point that my mum bought me like this magazine subscription thing like where you'd get parts each month and it was this little little robot and I was building like a robot car because I was just like always just so fiddly and like pulling things apart and then like the jewellery thing, like I used to always go to the jewellery stores at the markets, as I was saying, and then my mum got me the jewellery making kit, which I loved at the time. And I even thought at the time, like, oh, wow, you know, like I could make these and like sell these at markets or something, but the thought never went anywhere. But then when I found this thing, like literally everything, parts of me and who I am all clicked into place. And when I would see like job vacancies and listings and stuff for like warehouse, like order packing, I'd be like, oh, I just love to do that. Like pack up orders for people and like all these things. And it all just kind of like came together, all these like strings to the middle. And I was like, oh, this all just makes so much sense. Like it was such a sense of clarity for me finding this part of me, I guess, which is super nice. I never really thought about that that much. So yeah. I feel like so many of the examples you just referred to were things that just happened very naturally in your life as well. They weren't things that you were sort of looking for and maybe you didn't attribute a lot of value to them before you sort of had that catalyst moment. Can you talk a little bit about your mindset before you did have that catalyst moment? Were you someone that did sort of go with everything that was happening around you or were you very structured and that catalyst was the reminder to you to sort of go and be on that journey yourself? Yeah, so before... Pretty much actually before I went on that trip to India, weirdly enough, for such a chaotic country, it really taught me how to chill out, um, which is pretty funny. But yeah, before I went on that trip and kind of figured out um, that thing, I was pretty like, okay, you know, like I've just got to go and like, got to do stuff like the time is now and like really thought that, you know, photography was my thing and was just kind of like more in that sort of speedy mindset of like, the time is now like running out, like I have to find my thing. Even that's the funny thing as well is even though I thought that I'd found my quotation mark thing, I still felt like something was missing. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I've got to find the thing or like I've got to make this work. And it was more of like that pressured, like rush, have to figure it out mindset. 
And then when I found the jewelry making thing, I was just like, oh, okay, like this thing is sick and I will do this for the rest of my life so I can take as long as I want to pursue this, even though I've pretty much gone full steam ahead with it. But just, yeah, having the confidence in my in myself and my relationship to this thing where it just felt so right that I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need to, to, put, stress, to put stress on this and things will happen when they happen and just chilling out is the way to go essentially and yeah I was not like that before not one bit and I I used to be that person that was like oh I just have to find my thing and like everybody's doing something because I had a lot of friends that were um back in Brisbane that were like DJs and like musicians and stuff like that and yeah I just always felt like the pressure to find my thing as well. And I guess that's why I feel so strongly about it coming full circle is because I wish that I had someone to tell me that if I instead just followed my interests and just searched for enrichment and fulfillment rather than trying to fulfill this, I guess, idea of like finding your passion and that just even that like stressing yourself out about that like just gets you nowhere just that idea of that can just kind of take away from just pursuing I hate the saying but like pursuing happiness or as um, Daniel has said it's not happiness that we should strive for it's the fulfillment and the enjoyment that gives us happiness from doing those things which I really liked um, when he said that which was just in a personal conversation not on the podcast but yeah, and that's I feel like that's so true. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in laying the groundwork around yourself for your best possible life. And it kind of ties into what the last episode was about, about making, you know, systems and structures in your day to day that give you the time and the space to feed into your passions and your interests and to take care of yourself in ways which aren't you know, socially discussed or like socially preferred, you know, people don't want to hear that you've taken a week for yourself to realign and, you know, get your affairs in order because you needed that time to center. They want to hear that you've started three new projects and you're changing jobs and you're, you know, feeding into this hustle sort of idea. So that taking time for yourself Mm -hmm. and actually like protecting your own energy, although it sounds, you know, sort of far-fetched maybe for someone who hasn't engaged with it, it's actually probably the most beneficial thing if you are trying to strive for bigger, more concrete goals or, you know, life milestones. They will come if you lay that groundwork around yourself. Yeah, 100%. And I think um, I heard someone say, I don't know where it's from, but she said, if you really want to, you know, fulfill your life's purpose and um, chase your dreams, you need to focus on your house first, um, metaphorically and physically. So, you know, look after your finances, literally tidy your house, get your things in order. Like you talked about in the podcast last week, the more that you plan those things, it's the more time you don't have to think about that and that those things just become habit and second nature. And they're just, you're just removing those decisions from your life and it gives you more time to focus on other things going on and so that you can come to your passions and your interests with a full heart and a full cup basically rather than having to pour into other things that probably don't really fulfill you or you know don't need to be taking as much where if you just prepared for dinner 
a little bit ahead or, you know, you'd meal plan for the week, you'd be a bit more organised and that gives you more time in turn. Now that you are in a place with your business where, you know, your passion is your job and it is your, you know, self-managed business, which is, you know, a lot of work, do you find that you have balance in your life to still enjoy things that are outside of your work now that those sort of concepts have intertwined? Mm. Yeah, it's a very, very strange place to be in. Um, I've recently discovered that I'm a workaholic and I don't say that in necessarily a good way because I'm always thinking about work and always on Instagram, you know, always replying to people. And I think I realised after having discussions with um, my boyfriend and um, our friends just that I think because when I was starting out with everything, because my free time was the only time that I had to do jewellery, I got in such a habit over the last like three years, three, four years of always being available in my free time to people on Instagram and just like being available to my work essentially because, you know, uh, I haven't talked about this, but um, so when I first started my jewellery thing, I was working part-time at the bar still, um, like three or four shifts a week. That was all good. I decided to um, leave that and I got a full-time job and doing my jewellery making on the side. That was really hard, um, but I managed barely. And then I decided to quit that job because it was just not fulfilling me whatsoever. Um, and then moved down to Melbourne from Brisbane and started a new do- new job full time, which did fulfill me actually a bit. But yeah, it was a lot trying to do both of those at the same time. And so, yeah, I worked full time. So I was pretty much stealing moments wherever I could you know, five minutes in the bathroom, on my break, always messaging people back in my personal time. And I was just working constantly um, because I was working full time and then working on my business. But now that I've come out of that and I just work for myself full time, so thankful and very grateful for all the support and for being able to come to this place. So, so grateful. Um, Yeah, so now that I'm in that space, like all my time is free time and I'm still treating it like that. So I've recently discovered that, yeah, I work way too much. Like I'll easily work 10 hours in a day, no break and not even realize. Um, And yeah, it's just a lot, but it doesn't feel like work to me, but it's kind of a weird line. This is another thing that just like really gets me started is because it's such a fine line because I love what I do so much, I don't actually realize when I'm on a burnout because I love what I do. So it doesn't feel like a traditional burnout because when you burn out from other stuff, you're like, oh, F this, I hate my job. And you really like feel it when you burn out because you're so stressed out from doing something, generally speaking, that you you might not love or that's how I felt anyway when I was in my other job that I really didn't like I was kind of like oh I'm so stressed out from this and I don't even like my job I don't even like my boss like I don't you know xyz but because I love what I do so much it's so hard to identify when work is too much and when I'm coming to a burnout but now that I've realized that it's a little bit easier to manage and spot but to come back to your original question 
yeah, the balance thing is hard, but I am now working on that now that I've kind of realized, okay, I don't need to be in that kind of full steam ahead, always being available. Like I'm at such a comfortable zone now that it's okay if I take the foot off the accelerator a bit and just actually give myself boundaries. So I actually said to my partner today, um, because I knew that I was filming the podcast today and usually I will be working like right up until he comes home and which is around like 4, 4.30-ish. And at three o'clock I was like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of done for the day. Like I started work at 7.30, just doing lots of admin stuff. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm done for the day, but still ended up kind of just tying up things over the next hour. And then as he arrived home, like it just felt good where recently... Whenever he has like come home, I'm still in work mode. And I'm like, oh, like you just have to let me finish this stuff. Like, come on, like go away. Give me five minutes where it was kind of like a panic of like, oh, okay, he's home. And like, um, I need to get everything done because I obviously need to want, need and want to spend time with my amazing partner who I love so much. Um, and so it was kind of like a panic of like, okay, well, I have to like tie up these last things because it's really, really hard for me to switch off because I just love what I do and like because it's like my business is me so it's really hard to like like cut off from that so I really have to like make a conscious effort of like okay like I'm finishing up for the day and then I have to like finish whatever those things are because it's really hard for me to just like get up in the middle of something and step away so I literally just realized this today I was like okay I think what I'm going to do every day now is set a time that I'm going to finish and then start winding down the hour before that because it literally will take me an hour of like running around of being like, oh no, I've finished work, but I still am like tying things up, basically all the loose ends. So yeah, the balance has been an interesting one and especially because we're in isolation. So like what else am I going to do on the weekend apart from like, you know, finish a few things or whatever, especially at the start of ISO because there was a lot of things that I needed to do on the back end. Um, which thankfully I've kind of gone through the most of that and I don't work on the weekends anymore. So yeah, I have to make a very conscious effort to separate work and my personal life, but it's extra hard at the moment because I live in a really small apartment as well. So my, I hijacked the lounge room. So half of the lounge is my studio and the other half is literally a couch and a coffee table. So whenever we're trying to just chill out in the lounge area, like all of my work is literally just there. My laptop's there, my bench is over there. Like I can literally see everything and it's all just there all the time. So that's another really hard thing. But yeah, I'm making a conscious effort because like it's literally an addiction. It would be like someone being like, okay, like enough of that drink. If you were like a, uh, an alcohol addict or something, like it's really hard for me to pull away every day. So um, that is definitely a line that is very blurry as well because with Instagram I get a lot of like recognition and like positive feedback from you know going on Instagram and posting my work and it's like it fills me up like who what artist doesn't want to hear you know how beautiful someone thinks their their piece of art is so it really fills me up being on there but also there's a fine line there of just being on there too much in my personal time and that kind of thing. So I I recently did watch The Social Dilemma um, that um, Daniel recommended from the the last podcast um, and just basically things that he was saying in his podcast and 
um, in your podcast, I should say, with him. So that's kind of made me realise a lot as well of spending too much time on there and how, yeah, the worlds just blend and it's really hard to find that line. So sometimes it's literally as simple as just drawing the line and going, okay, that is where I stop and I just have to pick up tomorrow and it's really hard to take that step. I feel like everything you've just said then is the perfect exemplar of why that age-old saying that you said right at the beginning of the podcast, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, is just completely false. And, you know, you've just described how so many different elements of your life are influenced by your work schedule that, you know, it's because you love it, you don't want to walk away from it. And I just think it's so important to emphasise in that comparison piece too, that just because someone is succeeding and doing exactly what they do, they are still also trying to find that balance that people crave when they're working in jobs that they don't love and that, you know, they're not excited by in the same way. And it's this, you know, ever going evolution that you need to be taking and checking in with yourself and grounding yourself into the reality of what you need, because irrespective of what you're doing with the majority of your time, nothing's sustainable if you don't feel like you can switch off from it. And that becomes ever more important when it is something you're passionate about because the passion has a different uh, benefit to your life than just being a job. You know, you don't want to burn out yourself over your passion because it is something that inherently gets you excited and fills you with zest for life in that sort of way. So it's so important to like respect that and yeah know that you have the time long term to give to it if you give yourself a little bit more time for yourself right now I think it's like there's a point as well which I feel like I've I've kind of just surpassed of like if we're talking about you know labels of like level one level two whatever where I kind of touched on this before but like I'm I'm past the point of needing to really fight to get to a point where I'm self-sustainable so I'm as I was saying like I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm allowed to take the foot off and actually slow down like I don't need to be I guess I hate this word so much but I don't need to be hustling so much anymore because I'm at a point now where yeah I can just turn off for the day and it's fine yeah and I think that's so important to recognize in yourself too something I wanted to talk about which I think links into so many of the things we've touched on today is the fact that a lot of what we're speaking about, we have heard in some way the idea that, you know, your passion will come, set your life up well, you know, focus on yourself. Good things will fall into your lap when it needs to happen. And yes, while that's true and you still need to work hard and have focus in your life, do you have any thoughts on why it is it is so hard for us to actually listen to these pieces of advice and actually take on board you know, the intention behind what people are saying when it comes to uh, reminding people to sort of, yeah, go with the flow a little bit more and let life happen in the way it needs to happen. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I think maybe it comes down to just like relatability. Like I guess like when I was younger, I didn't really have anything to kind of stick that advice to because I hadn't really lived a lot and like through certain things so it was like hard to kind of relate that to things that are going on into your personal life what do you think I think there's probably I think something to do with the fact that often the people giving the advice and we might be prime examples of this for anyone listening 
has managed to find some element of their passion in what they're doing. And it's kind of easier to reflect than it is to project. And it's easier to look back on our individual journeys and how we came into our passions than it is for someone who feels really lost and feels like they need to find that direction and that pathway um, to take on that advice. And like what you sort of just said, like that relatability point that, you know, if you don't have a lot of life experience or you feel like you haven't been able to expose yourself to different areas of, you know, the creative industries or anything that you think might spark your passion, it can limit your ability to actually listen to what other people have to say on that sort of topic. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you, you feel in your friendship groups that you have people that you uh, take inspiration from in the way that they approach their creative passions? And do you think that there's examples of people who have a really good balance between what they do? Um, Well, like pretty much everyone in our friend group is just so like go-getter, I would say. Like everybody is just willing to take the step to start, I think, um, for the people that sort of are on that track already or kind of like know what direction they want to go in. Um, and I, I think that's great. Um, is there anyone that I think has a really good balance? To be honest, like I haven't really thought about things on that level. Like I just, when I catch up with my friends, like I just see that as like a social interaction. I've never really like um, analyzed like what other people are up to in that kind of sense I guess so um, I think I just look to my friends as just like amazing people who have supported me wholeheartedly in this thing as well which is so amazing and I think that's that's something else that I think is really important is that we kind of have power to like lift up our friends and really give them confidence and just like fill them up and be like, dude, like you're so amazing at that thing. And I think, um, as you'd well know, Thea, that our friend group is so good at that, at just supporting each other and what we want to do, whether we're good at it or not. Everyone's just so supportive of somebody giving something a go. And I think that's just like, I couldn't ask for more in a group of friends because it's just given me the confidence to really just shoot for the stars with what I do. I think it's interesting too, like the sort of social gravity of like, when you do allow yourself to explore the things that you're passionate about and, you know, go down those pathways, there is those sort of friendships that form around those interests without it being necessarily so intentional because I guess maybe it's a similar life stage or maybe it's a similar mindset, but when people are like endorsing their own passions and giving time to them themselves, they're generally more receptive to those around them doing the same thing. And that like that real level of support can really like grow and cultivate amongst those like sort of social groups. Yeah. hundred percent. Even in just like when I first started getting into poi, um, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, you might just have to Google it cause it's really hard to explain, but it's basically the balls on the string that you see all the hippies with at like festivals and stuff. It's a lot of fun. But when I first um, decided, I was like, oh yeah, I really want to like start getting into that. Um, 
I was kind of like scared to like show people around me because I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm really weird and like, like judge me for this. But what actually happened was people being like, wow, like, what is that? Can you show me? And like people that I never would have thought would have shown interest in this thing were like, oh my God, can I have a go on those? Like, what is that? Can you show me? And yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. People don't actually think that this is weird. They are actually really interested in this like new thing that I've started to do or whatever. Um, and yeah, I was really surprised because I, um, growing up have been very, uh, fearful of like judgment and what other people think of me. So that was kind of a big moment for me. I was like, oh, okay. Like I can actually share things that I want to get into and I don't need to be so scared about it because people will probably most likely be like, Hey, that's cool. What is that? Or yeah, they won't say anything. Like it's not as scary as maybe you think it is, or that's what I've found anyway. I also do think that that's true. Like, I think we put a lot of thoughts in our own heads about other people's expectations on us and how other people react to things. But generally, if you go into something with a genuine level of like enthusiasm and maybe some humility as well, never, you know, never goes astray. Most people generally respond pretty positively to uh, new ventures by everyone. Because I think there is really an underlying respect towards people who are willing to put themselves out there um, when they're genuinely interested in what they're doing. I think something else um, to touch on there is that I know that there's been a few things that I had wanted to try or get into, but fear really held me back from starting something. Um, And I know that that holds a lot of people back and it held me back for years of my life of just like the what ifs and that fear mindset but what I have sort of learned through my um, failures which I don't really see them as failures but failure is truly the best teacher and this is one of those sayings that people say but you don't get it until it happens to you but failure is just a tailored lesson for you to learn. So to put that into maybe more understandable words, when I fail at something, I don't really see it as like, oh my God, I've failed. I'm just like, okay, cool. So like that's where my weakness is and everything that's gone right, they're my strengths. That's cool. I don't need to work on those. So this this failure has actually just shown me exactly where my weakness is and the thing that I need to work on, which is so epic because it's literally a tailored lesson specifically for you because everybody is so different and on their own journeys as we keep saying so when these failures happen it's really just an opportunity to learn and to grow on that area which hasn't worked for you or maybe that's whatever it is that you're doing whether you're starting a business or I don't know doing something else that's maybe some place where you get in help where you get your friend's opinion, where you hire in someone to do your branding for you because you are no longer capable of doing it. So yeah, I think that's something important because I was so scared of, sorry, so scared of failure for a lot of my life when, yeah, there's actually just so much beautiful lessons to be learned there. And we get told that a lot when we're growing up is that fear is the best teacher, but it like, uh, sorry, failure is the best teacher, but it really is. Yeah, I think that is so true. And I feel like that is such a nice undertone to everything that we've like discussed in this episode. We've obviously touched on a lot of, you know, 
your personal journey and we've gone through so many of the sort of areas in which people feel that they um, maybe struggle or, yeah, put those self-limiting beliefs on themselves. But is there anything that you want everyone to sort of take away from this for you? Like if there was one thing that you could tell everyone that you think would be the most beneficial, what do you sort of feel you'd like them to know? I actually wrote something down because I wanted to get the wording right for this. So this is just sort of my take on life and through my experiences. So I believe when we strip everything away, we are simply just here to exist. And that's not to take away from, you know, anyone that feels like they're they're here for a reason and they have a mission. I'm just really talking on a super simple, like scientific level, like really we are just here to exist. And you have full control over what you do with your own existence. And the purpose of life isn't to aggressively search for your passion and then make money from it, as people may lead us to believe. It's about seeking fulfillment, enjoyment and enrichment in your everyday life. So being passionate about something is really just a byproduct of spending time doing the things that you enjoy. I'm going to say that again. Being passionate about something is a byproduct of spending time doing things that you enjoy. And then making money from your passion is just a byproduct of investing a lot of time into your passion. But that money aspect shouldn't be your focus. And if you make an effort to do the things in your life that make you feel good, it won't really matter where, like where, where you are in life you'll likely be enjoying it no matter what. Things will start to flow a lot easier when you're aligned with what fills you up. And it's that journey that's the best part. It truly is. And I can tell you right now that putting pressure on yourself to figure it all out right now or stressing out that you haven't figured it out, that just isn't it. A little bit of pressure and drive is okay if that's what gets you moving, but just remember to enjoy yourself too. I love that so much. I feel like we might even have to get that written out because that's a beautiful encapsulation of everything that you've said to me about this topic and the things that we've talked about today in your own journey, because it really has to be individual. It really has to come when it comes and allowing yourself that space to just enjoy where you're at in every moment is going to really help to enrich your entire life. I also have one more thing, actually. Yeah. Um, this is for everybody listening. Um, it's just a very small exercise from the book, um, Minimalism by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicomedes. Um, I'll leave a link to this in the Facebook group. Um, I lent, I bought this book like three, no, like two years ago and never finished it and lent it to my partner, Josh, and he just loved it. He's not an avid reader and he ended up buying a book that book for his brother as well and it's just changed their lives but um so there's an exercise in this book where it kind of is touching on bringing to light maybe a passion that you already have that's in your life so um you are going to want to think about the last time that you were really really excited like really super excited about something that you felt it through your whole body so you got to write that down and then try to think of like three or four more don't put pressure on yourself there um, so yeah, try and think of like three or four things that you're really, 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 really excited about. Now for all of those moments, 
try to write down sort of how long you were excited for, what it felt like physically in your body and how it made you feel. So once you've done that, you might notice a theme between all of those or connections there and likely something that you're passionate about. And you'll be able to do this exercise all throughout your life because this will change and grow just like you will as a person and the more that you experience things. Now, this might not work for everyone if maybe you don't know what that thing is for you. Um, and I just have one tip for you if you can't find those excitement things is to sit down, give yourself 10 minutes to really just focus in on what you want your life to look like. And this is a manifestation technique, but it doesn't need to feel woo-woo or, you know, hippie or anything like that. If you just sit down, like this is what I used to do. And when I didn't really know what I wanted to do, the first thing on my list was just, I want to work for myself one day and I want to work. I want to have a, a studio. And then like the more that I grew, the more I could really expand and go really in on those topics. And then before you know it, I had this really specific plan that I was like, oh, okay. I actually kind of like know specifically what I want my life to look like. And that just really helped me get clear on where to put my energy into. And yeah, sorry that probably went on a little bit of rant, rant there, but maybe that will just help someone listening to this where they are feeling a bit motivated or something. So it's an easy little exercise to do. It's never a rant when you're making valid points and giving good advice, because I love these ideas of little exercises people can go away and do to reflect on uh, this journey that everyone is on. And it's a nice starting point as well. If you're listening to this and you feel like you resonate with a lot of the themes that we've talked about, or you're feeling really stuck, just take some time to reflect on the things that are present in your life right now, instead of needing to seek out the things that you feel like are missing. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Katie. It was so nice to have you. And, you know, you're the second guest on this podcast. So I hope it's been an enjoyable experience for you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about this for so long. And yeah, when I, I was having a like basically don't get me started conversation with a friend at the time. And she was like, dude, you should go on Thea's podcast. And I was like, I'm going to voice message her right now. So it was just nice as well that when I sent you that, I had just had like a conversation where I was really in that place as well. But yeah, again, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I can't wait to have this conversation again in the comments uh, in the Facebook group. No, I love that. And that's what it's all about. Everyone just being able to contribute their own element of passion and excitement. So Thank you guys for listening. I hope that you, yeah, come online, comment on Katie's post, read the books that she's recommended, and we hope you've really enjoyed listening to today's episode. Have a great night, everybody.